yo, yo. Man, I am, uh, I am, I'm not going to say, like, surprised. Um, but <clears throat> this looked like pre-shutdown Michigan. And I was always, I would say concerned, but I was more, I was more curious, you know, if and when they would get back to that. And I thought today, you know, so the first two games, hey, Stu, what up, Stu? So look. The first two games, there were now three games in, right? They're now they're now three games in, and I just feel that the first two games showed why they're top ten in the country defensively. This game showed how they're also top ten in the country on the offensive end as well. They won. They 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 beat Wisconsin and Rutgers. Because of their defense, point blank, because of their defense. They had the one half, they scored 40 against Wisconsin, but they won because of their defense and their defense only. This game, this game, Ohio State, have you seen their numbers? So Steph Curry gets a whole bunch of, gets a whole bunch of, uh, attention and they love them and they, you know, brag about them and, they, you know, talk about Curry a lot because he is a 50-40-90 guy. If you don't know what that is, that means that you shoot at least 50% from the field, at least 40% from three, and at least 90% from the free throw line. Today, Ohio State was a 50-50-90. They, had, they, they shot over 53% from the field, 50% from three, over 92% from the free throw line and they still lost by two possessions. How wild is that? What up, Stu? What up? You good? I'm good. I'm good. I'm here good? to go up. I mean, I don't, huh? I don't want to interrupt. Nah, man, it's all good, man. It's just, uh, you know, you know, I was curious to see what would happen here because this is the this is the first game this is the first game all year with these guys like yeah. you know like Dave you know I'm sure Dickinson has been in back and forth battles I'm sure Shondi and Mike Smith have been in back and forth battles I'm sure you know we've seen Brooks and Livers be in back and forth battles and Wagner's probably done that in Germany but they haven't done that together as a group yet and. That's that's probably the more that's probably the more impressive thing of what happened today is because they've only either blown teams out, got blown out once at Minnesota, or if the game is close or not close, but eh, you win by eight, nine, whatever. But this is the first time that that they've been legit tested throughout the entire game. And it feels like they were just answering each other. Probably the best game played all year long, no matter what the no no matter what the matchup. It was a great game. Yeah, I really have no words. I mean, it's just, again, just more poise that we talked about that they're capable of. And like I'm just fully expecting them 
to act like college kids and have, you know, slip up here and there. And, you know, they've had some games like that and they showed some rust, but I don't know. I was shocked that they were just going back and forth like that at the end of the game. Like I for, I for sure thought a lot of nerves would set in and really nothing happened. I mean, they're just very confident in what they're doing. And even again, like Mike stepped up and was more confident this game than say Franz was typically. So it like, when some guy doesn't quite play up to par, some other some other guy steps up, and it really doesn't matter. And, like, they just fill in, which is pretty rare in college basketball. Very rare in college basketball. Yeah, like, step up and and then some. You know, like, you see yeah. you see um, Eli Brooks. I mean, he struggled yeah. a bit with, um, um, with uh, Washington Jr. And then who they bring in? Shondi. That dude had a hell of a game today, a hell of a game. And it's it's not like he played all like he didn't play starter minutes. I don't think, but man, when he came in, he had a real impact. And I think what changed the game was that Michigan was down by four. I believe it was sixty five sixty one, and his energy and his presence in the in the backcourt tied the game almost immediately, almost immediately. And then, um. And then the huge sequence, I was going nuts. I'm going to post it later on. But I was going absolutely crazy when Shondi was getting those 50-50 offensive rebounds and oh, and on the on the one possession and then finishes it himself. I was going nuts. That Bro, was, I was crazy. I was getting so annoyed. Like It was taking two or three people to box out Hunter and nobody else was crashing the board. So then Sean D comes in and gets two in a row on that play and then puts him up by two. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate this. And, you know, just, just going to the paint, something good will happen. Just, it was just, um, it was just, it was just uh, a really, a really good game. And I hate close games, but it was, but it's good for, it's, it's good for the team. The Wisconsin game was good for them. This game was good for them. Against Wisconsin, you're down by 14, and you're clawing yourself back from that hole, and your you know defense kicks in, your offense kicks in for that one half. And then we pretty much saw that where the defense was just not getting stops, right? No. They weren't getting stops, but they were like, okay, if we're not going to get stops. You know, We're going to just make you pay on the other end. Um, Mike Smith, MVP today. I know, I know Dickinson had a great game with 22 and 9. Uh, Livers hit some big free throws. Shondi had a great stretch. But man, he, Mike Smith, the way that he controlled the game, controlled the pace, um, understood when to push, when not to, used his speed, changed speeds, seven assists, one turnover. I mean, just unbelievable, man. Just unbelievable. unbelievable. What's up, Jeff? No, you're right, Ant. Mike, Mike Smith was the guy for me today. Like, like Hunter was dominant. Everybody did their thing. But, like, Mike Smith was the guy I worried about going in still. And I don't know why. I mean, I think it's just that, that kind of, you know, going from Ivy League, you know, still, like, can he do it against the highest level team, a tough team? And, he did it today, man. He he made open shots. He ran the team. He controlled the pace. He didn't get rattled. Like Stu said, like the poise, I think, starts. It's got to start with your point guard, right? And it started with him today. That's what's amazing is they're playing number four team in the country. He's still figuring out his role. 
and he comes in, and it's a very subtle difference, but <clears throat> you've noticed in the past few games, like, every movement today had purpose. Every dribble had a purpose. Like, you know, he was looking up. He could see the full court while he was using the ball screens. Like, every little thing you could tell portrayed confidence, and they needed that, especially in the first half. Like, they've had that a couple times now in the past few games where somebody's got to really carry them for a half, and they figure it out in the second half. And, and Mike was that guy today, which is yeah, 19 assists on 31 makes. Yeah. Just really good basketball overall. Just offensively, like, they were really, really, really good. And Both those teams. 19 assists, a lot Both of them came off of were really good assists. offensively. Like, that was the beauty of the game. Yeah. It's a fun game. Definitely. Michigan hasn't had that this, I don't think, in a while, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's a, that was a lot of assists. A lot. A lot. I mean, it was, there weren't. It's not like this game was being played at a crazy pace, but both teams. I mean, Ohio State made tougher shots, yeah. But I, but like Michigan, kind of got whatever they wanted to get. In my opinion, they they never felt rushed. They got good shots almost every possession, um, and I think that was the difference in why Michigan won and Ohio State lost. Ohio State just couldn't make enough tough shots, and Michigan continued to get the easy buckets. Yeah, they took advantage yeah. of Hunter. You know, Hunter Hunter was kind of a difference maker uh, in the second half. And, and and I love, again, we we don't see it enough these days, like the, the low post entry pass, right? Like some kids make it so hard on themselves. And Hunter seals, like he's got the angle, and they get him the ball exactly where they need to get it. So there's no wasted motion, and it's nice and easy over E.J. Liddell or Kyle Young or whoever. I thought it was impressive. I know Liddell kind of had his way. I mean, like, he had 23, but he shot under 50% from the field. Um, Hunter, Hunter's defense on him, like, Liddell had some tough shots. He had some tough, tough shots. Yeah, it was all jumpers, too. So, I mean, you're yeah. going to give that to him. Hunter has work cut out for him with him on the perimeter, but – I mean, he was making jumpers, especially in the first half. So, like, you know, what are you going to do? You got you can't not going to take Hunter out for the whole game just because of that. So you're going to get right. that up. And that almost saved Hunter, I believe, foul wise, and saved some, some of his wind because now you're not running up and down the court and banging inside. Yeah. But like now, on one end, you're more like floating and not having to worry about early post position and and all that stuff. Uh, I'm going to try to get a couple guys up here. Yeah. See, what's up, everybody? Real quick, uh, I do want to let you guys know if you are not talking, make sure your mic is muted, uh, to make sure that there's no back background noise and there's no rumbling in the background. Go ahead, anybody. Yeah, I'll start. I'll start. I kind of, uh, there was like a room created before you started one, and so I was like kind of talking on that, but. Um, Stu kind of hit what I said a lot um, with this Michigan team. If if there's one guy that has an off game, even against a top five team, usually against a top five game, team, you need all your top players having great games. With this Michigan team, you had Shawnee Brown. What I don't know what he finished. I think he finished at almost 15 points. Um, and then you had Mike Smith just show out. It's just you have these core guys that just – if something needs to be picked up, they're going to pick it up and they're going to take it. And that's that's going to be like such a huge thing come tournament time when it's a one and done tournament. 
and you have one off game for your best player, a lot of those teams, that's where upsets happen. And this, this team, I mean, especially seeing Hunter being able to come back and dominate in the second half was, was such a, which is such a key thing to see against a, a top five team um, and everything like that. I, I really, I mean, I, I do, I, I think the two transfers are in my most valuable players of the game, Mike Smith and, and Shondi Brown, where, where one, one, one A and one B, just the energy they brought. Shondi Brown, I mean, that game was close with seven, eight minutes left. And that possession where we had four offensive rebounds in one possession, I think drained Ohio State. I thought at that point, there's no way we're losing this game. Because mentally speaking, I mean, like I've played basketball before. If another team gets four offensive rebounds in one possession, you at that point, you're like, what, what, there's nothing we can do to stop. It's demoralizing. It really is. Um, you know, you got a guy like, you know, Hunter banging down low. But, yeah, Mike and Shondi, they, you know, those two guys had an amazing game. And, and Michigan fans were dogging Eli Brooks. I know he was giving up some to uh, Washington Jr., but he has 17 himself. Um, uh, Rob, what's up, man? Rob, are you in here? I'm here. What's going on, guys? What's happening? Not much, man. That was uh, that was impressive. That was really, really impressive. Hunter Dickinson took that thing over down the stretch. Um, I don't know if you've touched on this yet, but uh, I'd love to know what you thought about um, Sewing's behind-the-back pass and what in the world was Dwayne Washington doing in the defensively in those last two minutes. I mean, he made – Oh, my fair. God. The, the double team was just like, what – where are you going there? He got blown by by I think it was Eli um, on a possession where where there was like five seconds on the shot clock. I think Michigan was up uh, two at that point, and like maybe they were up four. Um, and Ohio State had to get a stop. He got blown by uh, the double team. It just felt like Ohio State made so many dumb mistakes in those final two minutes. I mean, the Which, double is yeah. obvious. Uh, it's just guys get – big eyes and they want to make a play to end the game. And then it's just, it's all dumb. Like, I mean, livers is the pro. Like you can't just double on the perimeter like that, where he's facing the basket and his back isn't turned. Like that's just stupid. And the behind the back pass, I, I was going to actually text Ant like if he thought that was really that bad, I don't think it was that bad. I think Liddell really wasn't looking. It's just not on the same page. It just looks bad because it's behind the back. But like Lydell, like should have popped out anyways because he sh- he should be taking advantage of that double screen with Hunter in the middle of it and popping out to the perimeter. So I think it's kind of on both of them. Well, I mean, I I don't think that it was a dumb pass because it was behind the back. I think it was a dumb pass because he's throwing it to a spot where nobody is. You know what I'm saying? It looked like the- it looked way worse than that it it looked way worse <laughs> than it actually was, and um it 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 just turned out to be just turned out into a th- it turns out to, to, to be what a three-point play at that point. Yeah. What did they? What did they go up? Like it was like, seventy-seven, seventy-four, and they went up. They went up by six. Wait, yeah, that is like a two big play. That's right. That is a huge play. How much time was left? Let me. I think it was two twenty something. Yeah, two twenty-three maybe after the foul. Isaiah like, Livers may lay up two two thirty-four. Two thirty-four and one layup with Livers. And you go up six. That's really, I mean, I'm not going to say game over, but that's that's it. 
that's game. You have the ball down one possession. Silly turn turnover puts you down six with two thirty four left, and you know, and they they do make a couple of free throws then, but then it's just back and forth for the rest of the game. Um, you know, you go down by six and then and then you know win win by five over the next no win by one over the next two minutes. I mean, that's game right there. That's game. Woo. Yeah. That's just demoralizing. It's and one turnover and a fast break layup all in one. And it was a bad one. Like, dude threw it, and the two Buckeyes are, like, looking forward, like, okay, let's that's, run the play when the ball's, like, bouncing behind them towards half court. That That's my thing. Like, there's two wing players on the other side of the court, and your two bigs aren't even looking at the ball. Like, what the hell? I mean, it's just as much their fault as anybody else. Yeah, that, that was all bad. That was all bad. I was just impressed with the overall game as far as, like, the the first punch that they took when um, I, uh, Michigan hung in in that first, the first two minutes when the Ohio couldn't miss, and they survived that first round. They went up, like, what they scored, like, 6 nothing or whatever. But it was, like, early in the game. And then, I don't know, it's something about Michigan. Force they started forcing, like, t- um, turnovers at the end. I feel like Ohio State got thrown off their game. But really, Ohio State didn't play a bad game at all. And I feel like Michigan did a good job playing through the refs. Because I feel like the referees did some questionable calls, like all these charges. And, like, they was missing a lot of calls our way. And I feel like Michigan persevered through it. They didn't trip or they just kept playing through it. Yeah, Eli- I just can't get over the easy shots that Michigan was getting. Like, they were getting open threes. And it was either an open three or a layup or Dickinson just being bigger than everybody. You see, Ohio State coach said post-game, we didn't adjust. We should have adjusted more and focused on defense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you give up 92 at home as a top-five team. I mean, mm-hmm. no, this Ohio, y'all need to realize, like, this Ohio State team was coming in hot, bro. Like hot, I feel like anybody else. Played like them, they beat was, we they beat some good teams, man. I felt like anybody else that would have played them in the Big Ten would have lost this game today. Oh, anybody so we, else will lose this game for sure. Was anybody else feeling some type of way when Ohio State uh, kept getting away with those chicken wing offensive push offs and they just didn't call them the whole game? The Eli Brooks one, uh, the one that they warned them for flopping. That that yes. one made me feel some type of way because dude, I, like I, you can see his arm <laughs> push him off, then you fall. That that like like that is the that is textbook charge. And the fact that not only did they not call it, they called him for a flop warning. The ref gave him a warning during the play. I was I had to stand up during that. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like there's no way that they're not going to call that. And they got away with a couple of them, and it was just. So frustrating during the time of the game. Yeah, they did. Uh, who has not talked yet? Yo, I'll step up, Ant. What's up, Tony? So, so, what's up, man? So I just got to say, like, I mean, that was a fantastic game. I think everybody agrees. Back and forth. I mean, that was like a Big Ten championship game, NCAA cha- or tournament game. But we now, in the last week, we saw Michigan come back on the road against Wisconsin, down double digits. We see them go toe-to-toe, blow-to-blow with Ohio State. I just feel like they are really showing their mettle. They are showing that they can win so many different ways because we saw earlier on before the stop, before the pause, 
that they were blowing a lot of people out. It wasn't a lot of close games. So I think this will serve them so well in the future. And it's, it's hard not to get like too excited about this team because I mean, they just win in all kinds of ways. It's crazy. I, I, I do have to say, I think this, the Rutgers game on Thursday helped this team out so much, especially with Mike Smith. Mike Smith was pressured and harassed the whole game against Rutgers. Didn't have a great game. He came back out today with, it seemed like, a lot more awareness, um, a lot more patience, but more, but he still attacked at a, at a lot better rate than he did against Rutgers. I think that Rutgers game and the pressure that they put on Mike Smith won us that game today. It was a big... I think my uh, biggest thing about this game, too, was uh, Liddell and Washington early on were making a lot of tough shots that really hurt, but, like, we were still, for the most part, in control of the game. Um, And eventually you felt like those weren't going to fall. So it really felt like Michigan was kind of in control of the whole game, even though uh, Ohio State would go up a few points here and there, but... For the most part, it really just felt like we were just kind of controlling the game the entire time. Uh, I just wanted to say, too, that 230-some-odd people about 10 minutes ago, uh, Ant, you're doing an awesome job. I'll let other people talk, though. Go Michigan, go Blue. This game, like, set up so well for the Buckeyes, you know? Like, they, as Ant said, these guys came in hot. You know, they they'd beat some good opponents, and Michigan coming in, on Thursday at 9 p.m. with a junkyard dog Rutgers game that lasted the whole time. I mean, we were expecting some tired legs, I think, during that game. And Michigan just responded with senior leadership, you know, um, and on the road beat a really tough Buckeyes team. I think it just speaks to the mettle of this team. Yeah, I think, honestly, if you would have told me before the game that, like, one of the teams was going to get to 90 and this game would have been in the high 80s, I probably would have said that, like, this – definitely favors Ohio State and I I think like after this game and I kind of knew this before but I think this kind of just kind of solidifies it that like Michigan could win in like whichever way they need to which I think like is just so big like just just winning like down the road and and I think just like racking up wins I think like teams of the past you know they can probably either win one one or another way but like this team like just can win in like any way they want in my opinion. And today is a big is a big reason why I think um, I don't think Illinois can beat them. Uh, I think Iowa can. I think Iowa can beat beat Michigan, uh, but certain things have to go the right way. But why? I don't think I don't think Iowa can. No, no, I don't why? think Illinois can. Why? Because I think I think Iowa they have multiple people who can really score the ball. Um, from deep their perimeter and then Luca Garza can hit you whether it's from three or from down low. He's also versatile as well, but Michigan is going to be able to get those shots, but I think Iowa is going to be the toughest team down the stretch. Um, Not Illinois, Illinois. It's everything is through Io DeSumo. I mean, like you stop him. I mean, nobody is putting up, 25 like Kofi relies on guard penetration he relies on guards setting him up 
And I just don't see I just don't see a team like Illinois giving giving a lot of problems. And saying that, I don't think any other Big Ten team is really gonna give Michigan much 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 problems. But I do see Iowa as being the one team that will at least score with Michigan, but if Michigan's on point defensively, then Michigan should have the the advantage. But if this Michigan team shows up every single day, defense has to come back to life. And Ohio State's had a lot of con- contested shots, um, but but I just don't see how a team like Illinois can overcome well, Michigan, especially if we have guys like Shandy or Wagner on IO and not I mean, and not a smaller yeah. de- defender. But like again, it's, to me, it comes back again to the ball screen defense. And, like, you put Shandy through so many screens, and then we got the big just kind of backing off. And sometimes we're – maybe it's the big's fault or right. I don't know if it's coverage or what, but they're kind of in no man's land. They're not really guarding the ball. They're not really close enough to their man. Their man can still roll and, you know, create gravity that way. And IEO plays like that. You know, they got uh, Garza and Iowa that, you know, hurt them in the pick and roll. So if teams keep exploiting that, like, yeah, you can hang um, 90 on Michigan. Like, like that's the thing that can't happen for those two teams. I guess if you catch Illinois on a good day, like, I don't think they're as consistent as Ohio State, obviously. But I think they can happen. I mean, like, how does Michigan get to celebrate this win, you know? Take take a couple days off and then play the number one offense in the country next week. Nice. Welcome to the Big Ten. Nice. <laughs> now that's, can we now talk that, about uh that, is that home? can we talk about Dwayne Washington and how both the Michigan schools let him end up oh, in that Ohio guy. State? I mean, imagine yeah, he's imagine a really how good player. better Michigan State would be with Dwayne Washington in the back. Yeah, that was uh that is huge. What was uh, – let me look it up right quick. What was Dwayne Washington's year? He was in the foster lawyer David DeJulius class. Interesting. So was I know, he, was I he a Grand Rapids CC guy? No. Uh, he's from Grand Rapids, but he went prep school some, somewhere, right? Yeah, I think he went to California. saying Sierra Canyon. Yep. He went to Sierra, Sierra Canyon. Okay. Okay. So, gotcha. That so makes that, sense. Guys, grand scheme of thing, it really doesn't matter that much, but do you think this type of win propels Michigan over an idle Baylor team? No. 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 Advanced analytics love Baylor and Gonzaga. Like, love. Like, Michigan's not number one or number two on any advanced – analytic that i've seen it's just baylor and gonzaga that's it's, it there there's there's a few tiers in college basketball this year baylor and gonzaga they're both 1a they're in the top tier i think michigan is a, a, a slight tier below it and i think there's a considerable gap between michigan and the rest of the group at that point it, it's, okay so i'll back i'll back that up i'll double down on that so what if michigan goes and beats iowa and beats uh, Illinois and 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 you know let's say they win out their schedule and Baylor. I think they'll be out. number I mean, three overall. So. Yeah, which is doesn't really they're going to need someone to lose. And if Gonzaga loses, they're going to lose to a like a, a doo doo team. Yeah, you know it don't really based matter, based yeah. on who they have left. 
at this point they just about have one seed locked up which is which is what is key i mean uh, looking at the schedule Mich- if if illinois were to win out except if michigan beats illinois they could go two and two versus iowa indiana and the two michigan state games and they'll still lock up the big 10 championship um if and but iowa still has four road games left four road road game left um, Ohio State is one of them. Wisconsin's one of them. Michigan State's one of them, um, and Michigan. Um, and then they're they're home against Nebraska. So they don't have the easiest schedule either. Um, and any game that they lose gives Michigan an, an opportunity to lose a game to clinch the title. Um, so at this point, it's pretty pretty. It was a big win in terms of uh, winning the Big Ten. Yeah, and uh, when it comes to when it comes to Baylor, uh, they've been postponed uh, for a long, long time. They've they've had five games get postponed. Three of those were the ranked teams. Two of those ranked were on the road. Um, they have Iowa State, then they have West Virginia, and go to Kansas. So I'm not sure if they're going to make up any of those those games. It would be a travesty if they don't. Um, but you know they. They skipped out on three top 15 teams, and two of those were on the road. So if they were to overcome anyone, if Baylor comes out slipping and, you know, Michigan wins the wins the Big Ten and gets to the championship game or wins the Big Ten tournament, I, I could possibly see them moving to the two and Baylor back one. I could see that. But I think Gonzaga has the number one overall locked up for sure. Hey, um, th- oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. But like, but, and one thing about Gonzaga, like they're a, they are a, a, a legit team. Like they're very, very good. Like they have Nemhard coming off the bench. He was start at three hundred fifty other universities. <laughs> like, dude is good. Like six five combo guard, uh, very good player. Suggs is good. Ayayi's good. Kispert's good. Um, Drew Timmy is good. Like that is a good team and they're better defensively than most people think. Um, they just get knocked because they're playing a bunch of like schools that just are not good, which they can't control. I totally understand, but it's irritating when you're in these dog fights against Ohio state. And then you see Gonzaga blow out San Diego by what 30 or whatever it was last night. Um, that's the part that's pretty annoying. You know what I mean? Like, they're playing at the Toreros and probably, like, you know, like 20-point faves. Like, like that doesn't happen in our league. They were favored by 32-and-a-half, and it wasn't 20. It was 32-and-a-half. See, I'm over here exaggerating, and I and I don't even get there. Like, that's how bad it is. And did they yeah. cover? Yeah, they did. They won by 37. Yeah, F- I think they were up by yeah, like like, five at one point in the second half. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, man. So, like, oh. how do you guys – I feel like we talk about this with Gonzaga or when Butler was up at the top, too, like, every single year. How do you think that affects a team come tournament time when you're not really battle-tested as much as other teams, say, in the Big Ten or formerly, like, the ACC uh, every single year? 
if you face a team that's in the NCAA tournament, one is that they're going to be a good team because they got to the NCAA tur- tournament. Two, if they face a team that's truly not afraid of them, not just puffing out your chest, acting like you're not afraid, but genuinely like you like this team does not scare you because I think Gonzaga has a fear factor about them because like oh it's Gonzaga oh we need to be on our A game. Not if if they face a team that doesn't give a shit who they are, you know, those are the ones that Gonzaga is going to have to worry about in the first three games or so. Not the first three, probably like game two and three. Game two and three. Like, I I would love to see them against San Diego State. I would love that. Like, if San Diego State was like an eight seed, oh, I would love that game for them. I will say this about Gonzaga, though. Um, in the last, this this is what they've done the last five times they made it to the NCAA tournament. In 2015, uh, they were 35 and three. They made it to the dance as a two seed, and they got to the Elite Eight. In 2016, they were an 11 seed, um, and they made it to the Sweet 16. In 2017, they were a one seed. That was when they lost to North Carolina in the national title game. 2018, they were a four seed, and they made it to the Sweet 16. And in 2019. Uh, they were a one seed, and they lost in the Elite Eight. So it's not like this team is, um, it, it, you know, we, we've we've had these doubts about them uh, and and their schedule and how tough the teams are that they play. But it's like in the last like five or six years, they haven't really been getting upset. It's not like they're getting knocked out early. You know, everyone remembers that 2013 team, like the Kelly Olynyk and Kevin Pangos team that lost in the second round of Wichita State. But you know, that was the last time that they they didn't really make it deep in the NCAA tournament when they were supposed to. So, um, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but, like, my concern with them was, was like, bad habits, right? Like, if you're playing against these teams that you don't have any, like, is never going to be able to compete with you, that's when you kind of develop bad habits and you can get off to slow starts. And, and they were doing that for a while, and it looks like they've kind of, you know, they've shaken that a little bit because their last three games, they've just absolutely run people out of the building. That is that is great context, but we're doo-dooing on Gonzaga right now, Rob. <laughs> okay, my bad, my bad. My nah, bad. nah, hey, hey, you know, facts only, man, facts only. Um, Kendall, what you got, man? So if y'all don't know, Kendall, uh, he played at Minnesota under both Tubby and uh, uh, Richard Patino. Um, they couldn't get it done against Illinois, lost by like a million points last night, but I'll forgive him for this. We'll <laughs> What's up? What an intro. Uh, <laughs> no, um, well, I guess we can touch on those gophers real quick. That was tough. That was brutal. But, I mean, before that game, Illinois probably been my favorite, unfortunately, in the conference. I feel like they, like if we talk about NCAA tournament chances, I feel like if it's just roll the ball out, short prep, like Illinois got it. I think it's hard to. It's hard to game plan in Io in the Big Ten, so I don't think anybody non-conference has a chance with that. Um, so, yeah, that, that was tough. And I was going to touch on the Gonzaga thing, too. Gonzaga, man, I really believe this team is a lot different than any past teams. Like, I think I don't think they've had leadership, like two lotto picks leading them like this. I think Jalen's their best player they've probably had since Adam Morrison. And, like, I don't know. I feel like it's a lot different. I know in the past they always – take those L's, but with non-conference games this year, I feel like they've had some pretty big wins. 
And it sucks they're in the West Coast Conference, but shit, they don't have a football team. So, like, they can't make it work anywhere else. So I don't think it's their fault. But I just think it's uh, this year it's a lot different. So I'm not going to say they're, like, way far ahead of everyone else, but I think it's unanimous. They're the best ones out there. Put them in the Big East. Yeah, so Gonzaga, I mean, Notre Dame does the, you know, they have their little ACC thing for basketball, but not for football. Like, how come Gonzaga can't do the same thing with basketball where they can't get into a, you know, I mean, even like the Pac-12 or whatever, you know, like how could they not get into any better conference than the W? Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, shoot. Somebody got to take that up with Gonzaga. But all they're I know is his right roster now, this year, like, they're, they're tough. Chilling. <laughs> they're chilling. Like, they're chilling. They're getting all the hype. They're, they're you know. They do. They do. You know, what's the incentive? But, hey, I mean? I'll, be, I'll be honest. I'm looking at it through a lens of pre-conference. Like, everybody who knows hoops is not looking at any of these conference wins as hype. I'm looking at it as that. I'm also taking the fact that these Big Ten teams are getting battle-tested every night. Um, but I also think that that roster is just tough. Like they're really good. They're really yeah, good basketball. They're team. balanced. Who is my man? His his name is like Watson, the big who's behind Timmy, but plays the four sometimes. Yeah, yeah. See, they're, and they're deep. That that's yeah, the thing. Good. They're deep. They're deep. And Timmy's solid, man. Like he can, and he played yeah. against all these guys. Like Hunter Dickinson's a dog, but Timmy and Hunter Dickinson, like. They play against each other in EYBL the whole time, and I'm not going to lie. Timmy probably got the best of them down there most of the time with Drive Nation uh, over TakeOver. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But, I mean, Juwan Howard, he's going to keep his guys ready. So, I'm a fan of y'all, too. Like, I'm a big fan of Michigan, too. But for me, personally, I would say it's uh, Gonzaga, then Baylor, then Illinois, then Michigan. And that's just my opinion. What? Yep. You're in the wrong room. Losses. You're in the wrong room, Kendall. What? I know I'm in. A, I know what? I'm in the wrong room. Yo. I know I'm in the wrong room. Yo, man, you see how Kendall just just like just like threw that curveball at the end? Yeah, man. Well, he was yeah, talking to Illinois, though. He was, he was talking to Illinois. <laughs> hey, man, it's all good. It's all good. Um, Illinois is a, a top ten team. No, no matter how biased you want to be, they are a top ten team in the in the country by far. Um, number five is very, very, um, you know, that is a good spot where they are. They could even be four, uh, Ohio state has played their way into number four, rightfully so. I believe Ohio state and Illinois, they play each other, uh, here the next couple of weeks. Though, last right? game of the year, last the game last of the year, game of the March year. six, I Adam. think a, a, you know, Michigan fans may have a rooting interest in that game once it happens, especially once once you know Michigan finishes out their season as well. You know that could be a huge rooting interest right there. They're going to close the season at Wisconsin. Illinois closes at Wisconsin, at Michigan, at Ohio State, and if they win the conference off that, kudos. kudos. Yeah, that'll be it. You that'll be the deciding factor. I'll come back and talk after that. We'll see how my statement holds up. That man, you hit me with that <laughs> Greg Maddox change up low, low. Well, I mean, away. it's about stopping Io, right? Like you think Michigan got that? Like you, I mean, he's a tough dog. It Who doesn't know? matter. Who knows? Yeah. Today it doesn't matter if we don't stop a team. We can still. Out- I know, but Io keeps everybody else going, and he's got to 
Lotto pick down low as well, and he plays off of him as well. And then Ace, who's, which who's is a, a freshman pick? as well, Kofi? go. Who's a lot Kofi? Pick? I Kofi? mean, shoot. Kofi's, Kofi's, Kofi's got a lot of skill set. No. Go f- no way. No, 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 no. Col- Colburn? Yes. I don't know about that, but I will say this. I will say this. I forget me with basketball and having connections and da 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 to the you know team and all that. Me as a basketball fan, I need to see Shandy and Shandy and Franz guarding Ao. Like I want to see that. I want to see the arguably two of the best defenders in the Big Ten. I want to see that. I want to see Eli Brooks on Trent Frazier, and I need to see Franz and Shandy trying to stop Ao. I need to see that, and if Ao wins, it's going to be fireworks. If Franz and Shandy get the better, it's going to be fireworks. I think it's going to be a great matchup either way. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Oh. Somebody said, Kendall, are you Kofi's agent? <laughs> I might be. <laughs> nah, but um, thank you guys for coming I might up. Be. I... <laughs> hey, but I do want to jump on after and see uh, how that Kofi Dickinson matchup goes, didn't know. Because I oh, see yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a little, it's, it's a lot of disrespect to Kofi. So we'll see. We'll talk about it. Nah, that. man. Kofi, Kofi, I think, is a, you know, probably top. Top three big in the league, easily. Um, I like his game. But just like Garza, if you had told me Garza's about to be a lottery pick, I would say, the hell are you talking about? Because I just don't see it translating. Like, I don't see Kofi translating to the league right now to be a lottery pick. If this was 1995, yeah, I can see that. But th- now, like, can can he shoot outside of, like, seven feet? Is he athletic enough? Is is he getting off the ground quickly enough? That's what I don't know. You know what I mean? I agree. So like, I agree. I would say it's it's at a, a higher level than Garza, athletic wise. I mean, he's not as skilled though, but we'll see. I don't think it's after this year, but I think he takes another year to develop, and I actually do think he can get there because he's taken tremendous strides since I saw him in high school. So we'll see. Do you do you, do you think he comes back? I I mean I hope, but also I like when guys have opportunity to go get that bag. So yeah. I guess I guess we'll see. I think he could take another year to develop in uh, college, though. But he's he's just taking tremendous strides. But we'll see. I mean, if he if he can be, I think he like put his name in last year, so I think it's slim chances he'll actually come back. Yeah, uh, Kofi is zero for one career three point shooter in his two years. I need to see his shot chart. Um, just like see, you know, where, cause like every time I watch him, everything is within seven feet. Everything is within seven feet. Um, but you know, we'll see, we'll see if, if he can prove to be a, a rim protector, if he can prove to be, you know, you know, quick laterally and he could run the court hard, you know, there may be a spot for him and he's also what, 22 now. Is he twenty two now, or twenty or or uh, twenty one still? I'm his agent, but I don't know. You are his agent. No, I'm just. 
<laughs> no, but I he's twenty one. He, he's he's twenty one. He'll be twenty two in September. Um, and you know what the league says about age. You know what I mean. Um, so so that's gonna be in, that's gonna be real interesting, man. Um, but yo, Kendall, thank you for hopping on, man. So y'all holler at Kendall. He's on locker room a lot. Um, he's on Twitter. I found it funny when him and Rafael Davis were watching the same game for their teams, and the two responses were like 180 from each other. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. But that's Kendall. Um, Rob Douster, he is one of, one of the main guys for uh, – What's it called again? It's like uh, 68 or something. Field of, field of, field of 68. Um, you'll see their pods popping up. They are getting a lot of former players on there. Um, a lot of those players, they come on the locker room. Um, I've been in here with, you know, Rafael Davis, former Big Ten uh, defensive player of the year. And you guys know Robbie Hummel, uh, um, Kendall's been in there as well too. Uh, I've seen guys like Shaman Williams in here. Uh, someone said that Tyrese Halliburton randomly joined someone's locker room and was just chilling in there, uh, talking with people. So there's always something going on. And I will say this Wednesday, they got something popping where they have like three or four international NBA scouts that are going to be in here just telling the wildest stories or just stories just from scouting overseas itself. Um, and I found that so interesting. I added it <laughs> to my phone calendar. Um, but, yo, you guys are super dope. You're the best. We have the best community. We had over 230 people in here today. Um, that's the most I've ever had. Um, that's the most I've a actually seen on this app. I don't know if that's actually the most, but that's the most that I've seen. Gang, gang. The other night, they had Udonis Haslam in here, uh, Andre Iguodala, Duncan Robinson, Kelly Olenek, Bam Adebayo, and that room got like 170. So, like, y'all are the best. Thank you so much. Um, and I'm going to cut up some film from the live stream. I know that y'all guys like that of me just losing my mind completely. But um we'll talk soon. Go blue. See ya. Yeah. Go blue. Go blue.